Hey, I'm Kate. And I'm Stella. We're two rad teenagers who like joking around and learning new things. On our podcast, we talk about the origins of anything or concept. From gingerbread houses to roller skates to Big Latin. Also known as Igpe Atenle. In today's episode, we will discuss fashion styles. So back, get ready to jam out because this is Sliced Bread. How are you, Stella? I'm good. How are you, Kate? I'm also good. What are you wearing today? Right now, I am wearing, like, this striped blue and gray shirt. It's, like, I'm also wearing stripes. And khaki shorts. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm wearing this striped shirt as well with tinier stripes however, and uh, white shorts. Nice. So how would you describe your style? I would say very comfy. If I had to choose, like, my ideal style, it would be, like, like soft, you know, soft colors, muted, pastel, that sort of thing. But as of now, it's just, like, random stuff. Yeah, me too. Mine's just kind of, like, casual. A little more tomboy, but not, like, super masculine or super feminine. Right. kind of in the middle. Yeah, kind of same here. I don't usually wear the feminine stuff that I have in my closet, um, because I feel self-conscious, and most of it, it feels like I should just wear them on special occasions and stuff, so. Yeah. I own two dresses, And I don't even wear them to special occasions. I just try them on sometimes, and I'm like, oh, this is cute. I should wear it someday. But then I get (laughs) too scared. Yeah. (laughs) There's, like, two dresses that I have that are really cute, but I feel like I'm only going to wear them on a picnic for some reason. (laughs) Well, that's cute, too. (laughs) Well, shall we get into our topics? Okay. It's time for our first fashion style, and that is goth. So goth originated around the 1980s in the United Kingdom. And a brief description of what goth style is, is (laughs) how it pretty much always includes one or more black articles of clothing. It mostly covers up your skin, but not always. Um, Platform shoes is a big one tights, lots of piercings, and tons of accessories like chains, chokers, fishnet, and spiked bracelets. I wish I could rock this look, but alas, I cannot. (laughs) Gothic style began when emo music emerged into pop culture in the 1980s. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest, I listened to some 80s goth music, and it was actually really catchy. So shout out to the band sad lovers and giants because their music really slapped (laughs) nice so off of an article by megan h on old dominion university website before goth was a thing punk had already paved the way so to speak so since i've already explained 
these kinds of fashion styles were pretty intertwined with their subsequent music genre. So punk music kind of screams rebellion, (laughs) anti-authority, and individuality. So obviously the fashion based around the style would reflect those ideas as well. So features like the usage of the color black, layers, platinum shoes, and more would progress into the gothic style we know today. So (laughs) punk is kind of like goth's mom. (laughs) Anyways, the gothic music scene got pretty popular in the UK and then it spread across Europe and after that hit the United States too. According to an article by Paul Hodkinson, bands like Bauhaus, Joy Division, Susie and the Banshees, and The Cure set the tone for goth-inspired music in the late 1970s. So I looked it up, and all of these bands were created in 1976, except for Bauhaus, which was slightly interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So some features that set gothic music apart from other genres were the lyrics that usually mentioned dark topics, it had frequent use of minor chords, electric guitars, and reverb. So after the gothic surge in popularity, there were many split-offs of the traditional gothic fashion style. So these branches include cyber goth, steampunk goth, and my personal favorite, pastel goth sounds so cute (laughs) pastel goth yeah (laughs) so it's like pastel colors um mainly in the outfit and then like having uh dark eye makeup and stuff Mm. like that so although they're pretty different they generally have the dark makeup or clothing accents to tie it all back to gothic fashion i learned over my research that goth and emo aren't the same thing so let me explain In a quote from UrbanDictionary.com, a goth is someone who sees beauty in the dark side of life, which I thought was a nice way to put it. (laughs) And emo is short for emotional, which I'm sure most of y'all already know that, but it's good to clarify. Although goth and emo music both typically include melodramatic lyrics and minor chords, they still have pretty different fashion styles. When I was looking them up, it seemed like traditional goth fashion was a lot more coordinated than emo. Traditional goth folks generally seem to have black dyed hair, a black outfit, and chains, piercings, dark makeup, that sort of thing for accessories, but not always. Emo style typically had more variety, so like different colored dyed hair, some had black outfits others had graphic tees so that sort of thing yeah that's goth how was that for my hot topic (laughs) wow (laughs) i i knew what emo was but i always felt like goth was the same yeah me too so i guess it is different i always thought that goth punk and emo were like the same thing but they're all different okay for my first topic this is kind of a few in one because i'm going to be talking about female masculinity female masculinity is more of a a concept than a specific fashion style it refers to a woman who acts and or dresses in a traditionally masculine sense. 
which for the record is different from a trans man who identifies as a man rather than a woman who just dresses in masculine clothing. Women have been wearing men's clothes for a long time. Masculine clothing on women wasn't mainstream until the last decade, but through history, women have dressed as men in an attempt to get the same treatment, economic power, and a chance to love other women. Apparently, there's an especially large number of women dressing as men recorded at times of war when militaries used to be male-only. Until the mid to late 1900s, a lot of these women were lesbians. Speaking of which, before I really dig in, I know some of this may be uncomfortable to some people, so I just wanted to say that I actually have two lesbian moms. Which I also do, so that's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> And I also identify as bi, so I'm not a complete outsider to these topics. And I also conversed about it with my moms before this to just get their input before recording. Alright, so let's get started. First, I'm going to talk about lesbians in masculine clothing, specifically the butch lesbian style. The term butch is from the early 1900s, and it originally meant a tough kid or described a man's haircut. It wasn't associated with lesbians until the 1940s, but because lesbians weren't really accepted at this time, no one seems to know why it was switched to be associated with a certain style of lesbian fashion. My guess is because butch lesbians usually have a traditionally men's haircut and tough demeanor. So that could kind of be like from the original definitions. Between the 70s and 80s, there was a rise of feminist lesbians who tried to get rid of the terms butch and femme which femme is basically the opposite. It means a lesbian who dresses very feminine and acts very feminine. But it made a comeback, and today some lesbians pride in identifying themselves as butch or femme, while others find it offensive, so don't go around labeling people if you don't know what they like to be called. One thing to know is even while gay men were more accepted, especially before it was like deathly sinful, it wasn't acknowledged by the public, and by public I mean men, that women could even have sexual desires, so lesbianism was just, like, not a thing. It was just, like, ridiculous. How could it even be possible? <laughs> um, that's also why there isn't much historical knowledge about female masculinity in more ancient times. Anyway... While well, before the 1900s, women who cross-dressed were mostly trying to just pass as men, in more modern history, lesbians in particular dressed masculine to fight gender norms. Lesbians became very associated with masculinity in the late 1900s, and I, say, I'd, I would say still are today, by straight people at least. <laughs> 
Also, apparently, American women used to be required to wear at least three pieces of women's clothing. What? What? That makes... I mean, so it's, like, bows and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Also, while, of course, it's great that modern women are more comfortable and less scrutinized for wearing masculine clothing... It is also appropriation of lesbian culture by straight women. As I was reading on a New York Times article written by Krista Burton, the cool hipster fashion nowadays makes it very hard to distinguish lesbians from, like, more feminist straight women. And while the writers of articles like this agree that it's good for women's rights, we still have to acknowledge that it is appropriation because we're only able to wear more masculine clothing because lesbians did it first. Finally, since this is supposed to be about fashion, let me list off some clothes that really make like the butch lesbian style. Birkenstocks, Converse, smart shoes like Oxfords, cargo pants, suits, collared shirts, flannels, having short hair, jerseys, basketball shorts, and other sporty wear, men's style underwear, ties, suspenders, practically any traditionally male clothing. And as you can see, this list represents many, like, different styles, and they're united as butch by their masculinity. And some other sources I got for that part were New York Times, Pacific Standard Magazine, lovetoknow.com, sociology.iresearchnet.com, my mom's, and them.us. Yay! <laughs> All right, I am not done yet, but do you have any comments so far? Oh. <laughs> Wait, okay, so lesbians were the first to, like, women to wear masculine clothes? Um, like I said, a lot of history is covered up, so we're not, like, entirely sure, but it was mainly lesbians who first, like, adapted masculine style clothing and we're known for wearing masculine clothing right in our culture at least and now as another part of female masculinity we have the tomboy style which personally i would say throughout my childhood i was definitely more had the tomboy fashion style oh really i had more of the preppy style i always wore like (laughs) khaki skirts to school well, when... you had a uniform, didn't you? Yeah, but, like, we could have chosen, like, to wear pants or ah. skirts, and I always wore the skirt. Like, <laughs> almost always. So. It was pretty comfy, I remember. That's, like, the main reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a tomboy is defined as a girl who enjoys rough, noisy activities traditionally associated with boys. The tomboy style includes clothing that's masculine or made for boys. Anything baggy, tough, with priority for comfort and quality over looking cute. And real quick, I wanted to clarify the difference between tomboy and butch. While both are females who act and dress more masculine, 
Tomboy is typically used for children, though you can be older and say that your style is tomboy. While butch is a type of lesbianism, so pretty much only for adults, maybe some older teens. Tomboys can be any sexual orientation. The term tomboy originally was used in the 1500s to refer to boys who were rude and loud. (laughs) But tomboyism as a thing revolving around girls has a very different origin. According to Elizabeth King in her article about tomboys on The Atlantic, tomboyism was basically a means of white supremacy when it became popular in the 1800s. Slavery was being abolished in the U.S. and U.K., and a lot of immigrants were coming over with hopes of a better life. So upper-class white people were worried that their women were growing up too frail to thrive and give birth to more white babies. And this could make their population decline them into a minority, God forbid. Oh my god. (laughs) So young girls acting more like boys would better prepare them for the quote-unquote demands of marriage and motherhood, as Michelle Ann Abate explains in her book Tomboys, A Literary and Cultural History. The tomboy became very popular in white society. With the concept, obviously clothes changed to allow more movement, but it was still very gendered, like they still wore dresses, while today a lot of girls are allowed to just straight up wear boys' clothes, depending on your parents' views on things. Um, so according to Abate, the second generation of tomboys were seen as, instead of a new type of girl, girls trying to be boys, so tomboyism became associated with gender identity and wasn't so mainstream anymore. Mm. Then, in the late 1900s, it switched again to be associated with gender to sexual orientation. People say that tomboys all grow up to be lesbians. While many lesbians were tomboys in their youth, not all of them were, and girls can be tomboys no matter their sexual orientation, or even if they later identify as a man. It doesn't matter what your style was as a kid. And yeah, I think that's it. Wow, that was quite unexpected. I know. (laughs) I thought it would come out of the same sort of place, but nope, white supremacy. Oh my gosh. So it was like, the dudes were like, okay, we gotta protect the white girls, so the only way for them to be strong is for them to be like us, like us, and be manly, so we can like stay the superior race. Yeah. There's so many things wrong with that. I... I don't even... Well, kind of like Michelle Ann Abates was saying about the the first generation of people raising their girls to be more active and stuff, it was kind of just a new, like, a new style for girls, although you are right, it was, they were just trying to act more like how little boys were to make their women stronger. Oh my gosh. I was going to say, like, the lesson here is, but I can't think of what the lesson here is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, Anyways. yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess we should head into the break now. Yes, the break, the break, break time. Let's break dance. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, we're back from the break. We're back. We're back. We're front. We're side to side. We're upside down. We're right side up. We're ready (laughs) to let you know. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Before we um, get back into topics, I have the word of the day. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Stella. Today's word of the day is sesquipedalian, which is an adjective describing a word with many syllables or a long word. It can also describe someone who uses a lot of long words. Hmm. It was first used in the 1600s. It comes from Latin sesqui, meaning one and a half, and ped, meaning foot. So sesquipedal meant a foot and a half. Let me use it in a sentence. Since the woman was so sesquipedalian, she probably wouldn't make a good teacher for young kids. Mm. Or the word incomprehensible is sesquipedalian because it has six syllables so does sesquipedalian (laughs) so it definitely makes sense with its definition so if you said sesquipedalian many times then you would be a sesquipedalian yeah i suppose so although you'd be saying the same (laughs) word over and over again i guess sesquipedalian sesquipedalian stella you're a sesquipedalian (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now on to my second style, which is artistic fashion. Woohoo. So artistic fashion dates back to the late 1700s in France. To describe artsy fashion when it originated, I would say it was a lot of loose-fitting clothing, a mix of patterns. It was quite flowy. Um, It definitely had mostly neutral tones so like browns and like just really muted colors different textures and wavy or like big hair which is technically not clothing but i still wanted to include it it's part of fashion yeah (laughs) as of now i would describe the artsy style as definitely a lot more broad than before So there's not really like an exact definition of the style as of now. So it's mostly based in comfort, like it originated as, and it definitely has more expression since the origin of the style. So that means like graphic tees, statement pieces, messy buns, and that sort of thing. Artistic style originated in the late 1700s after the French Revolution. This revolution gave peasants many rights, but it also restricted the flow of money from the bourgeoisie to artists. This led to many artists donning old clothes in an attempt to save money whilst in poverty. As a result, artists began to express their creative sides more through their clothing. So 
like your everyday clothing could be just as beautiful as your artwork, which is a really nice sentiment. <laughs> yeah. In an article written by Dr. Rebecca Jeffrey Easby, the aesthetic movement began in the late 1800s after that. So this was an ideology that supported pursuing beauty or beautiful things. In relation to art, this would mean not really having a deeper meaning in your artwork. So basically, just make an art because it looks pretty. <laughs> this was a pretty big shift in the art world, as politically charged artwork was definitely pretty common before and during the revolution. I got the following information off of an article by Dolores Monet. Another main component of the aesthetic movement was comfy clothes. <laughs> there are numerous paintings of women back then donning much less restrictive dresses. In addition, the colors were more neutral, which is definitely a major part of artsy style today. I like to think of the artistic style's emergence as a kind of F.U to the strict, tight-fitting Victorian clothing of the time. And I keep thinking about how if I was back then, I would probably wear this style too. <laughs> I feel like I would if my parents or friends did. Yeah, actually, same. I was always, like, imagining having a couple friends who would, like, do it with me, but... Right, yeah. If I, didn't, I would do it with you. Awesome, I would <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking about um, the style back then compared to current fashion. So I would argue that the older artistic fashion style is quite similar to today's cottage core <laughs> in the fact that artistic lifestyles were anti-industrial revolution and encourage individual craftsmanship. Hmm. So this would include making your own clothes to using homemade vegetable dye colors, which is pretty similar to modern-day cottagecore in the fact that foraging is a pretty large part of this subculture. I think that artistic fashion back then is a bit different than what we would consider artsy today. In its starting days, it was a way for artists to express themselves in the burdensome world post-French Revolution in the Victorian era. Today, it's a lot harder to pin down the components that make up artsy style. I would still say that it's about comfort, but nowadays there's so many different ways to have an artsy fashion style. And that's the end. <laughs> Yay! That's really cool, Kate. Thanks. <laughs> Especially, yeah, I like the fact that it originated as a big F you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good way to phrase it. <laughs> yeah. They look pretty, like, cool people to be around, in the paintings at least. They all had, like, flowers and Aww. cute dresses. Um, artsy style today isn't, can it also be more, like, bright colors too? Yeah, that's true. Like, I mentioned statement pieces, right. which definitely could be a part yeah. of it. Okay, well, I think it's time to get into our last fashion style. I will be doing preppy fashion style. Ooh. <laughs> I started thinking about Peppa the Pig. Preppa Pig. Preppy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that makes no sense. Okay, go on. 
Clothing in the preppy fashion style includes Oxford and polo shirts, navy or pastel blazers, argyle or cable sweaters, chino pants, seersuckers, loafers, boat shoes, rugby shirts, tennis sweaters, which can be tied around your shoulders, and belts and ties are good accessories too. Also, anything like striped and minimal accessorization. Think of that old school, popular, traditional look. According to J.A. Shapira on Gentleman's Gazette, the terms prep and preppy originally described younger members of the upper class in northeastern USA who went to Ivy League schools, preparatory schools, which is what preppy and prep came from. These schools would include Brown University, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and University of Pennsylvania. The style officially originated in 1910 and by the 40s was known as the Ivy style. J. Press, which was um, a preppy fashion brand, Um, Their customers were pretty much exclusively boys from these schools. Along with the brand Brook Brothers and more, J Press started shops right on the campuses of the Ivy League schools. Fancy leisure activities such as sailing, fencing, golf, and polo were popular with these students, so preppy fashion was influenced with nautical and equestrian aspects which if you didn't know means relating to the sea and like sailing and relating to horses. Apparently Palm Beach, Florida was a very popular vacation spot for the boys who went to these schools. So designers were also influenced by this to add more like variety of colors to the style. In the 1970s, more designers caught on and the style became more mainstream. It brought in two upper-class families who didn't necessarily go to these Ivy League schools, and this extended to girls as well, so skirts and dresses were added to the mix, although at this time, girls were wearing pants more commonly. According to Karen Harris on her article on Groovy History, President John F. Kennedy and his family had a big impact on the popularity of preppy fashion. This style was also basically the polar opposite of the hippie style, um, which was like preppy on the rise in the 1960s. But unlike hippies, preppies were generally conformist, more modest, and like traditionalist. Finally, another fun fact is the official preppy handbook was written by Lisa Birdback in 1980, and it was supposed to make fun of the preppy fashion style, but it ended up boosting its popularity and inspiring more official handbooks for fashion styles later. Um, And some other sources I got this information from were 40plusstyles.com, Grazia Daily, and fashionbeans.com. And that's it. Yay. Did that origin story put a prep in your step? (laughs) No, it didn't. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
if you had to choose between all of our topics today, which one would be your favorite? I think Tomboy. Mm. Not like, not that I think the origin story is cool, but I did think the origin story was like unexpected, and that's still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked artsy too. I feel like it would be cool to rock an artsy look. Oh yeah, for sure. I just don't know if I could. <laughs> I think you could. It's, I mean, from what I saw, it's like very easy to be to have an artsy style. Like, I feel like I low-key have one because mm. I always do, like, comfy clothes and stuff like yeah. that. All right, to wrap this episode up, we have a special guest, Ooh. and that is my youngest sister, Betty. Hi, Betty. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm also good. What you wearing today? Uh, Nothing much. I've just been cleaning, mostly. (laughs) She said, what are you wearing today? Because this episode (laughs) is about fashion style. So we were just going to ask you a couple of questions about your clothes. So, what are you wearing today? Will you tell us? Um, some red shorts and a burris shirt. That's awesome. If you had to choose any color shirt, what would it be? Light purple. Oh, that's, that's a, a good, good one. Color. Yeah, I like love light that. purple. Lavender. Yeah. Well, are you excited for the episode, Betty? On fashion? Yes. Do you know anything about fashion styles? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say I did either when I was your age. I was wearing, like, fuzzy pants. Fuzzy pants? Tube socks. <laughs> And, um, (laughs) just whatever random shirt I had. I feel like that's me now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say to the sliced bread? (laughs) The sliced bread listeners? Well, Stella tricked me that she canceled sliced bread. (gasps) Stella, how dare you? It was all because... There was some <laughs> because there was some poop smeared on the wall, and I fake got in trouble for it. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Betty. Talking about fashion. Um, oh, sliced bread is a really good podcast. Oh, thank Aww. you. <laughs> Thanks, Betty. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to include that, but listeners, I don't you couldn't have seen that, but Betty was was covering Stella's mouth. That's why there was a pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yep, that's my little sister, everyone. <laughs> I think that was a good lead into our conclusion all right see you after the uke (laughs) this was sliced bread the podcast on today's episode about (laughs) about (laughs) on today's episode about fashion styles 
we'd like to give a special toast to Demi S who gave us this topic idea. My mom's for providing insight and Betty for her little interview. And as always, our sources, which made this episode possible. We'd also like to thank our followers on our Instagram account. You can follow us at Sliced Bread Podcast. No dots or underscores. To wrap it up, here's this episode's slice of advice. If I wait for someone else to validate my existence, it will mean that I'm shortchanging myself. By Zanel Mahuli. They're a really cool person, by the way. Might want to look them up. Remember to take risks by going against the grain. And when things go awry and life gets a little crummy, just keep your bread up and stay yummy. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to tune in for the next episode. Bye! <laughs> Bye! Um, also, one more thing before we end the episode. This is also our last one before school starts for us. Ah. Even though it's virtual, we're still going to be busy with school now. So, yeah, we're going to try our best to keep at our usual schedule of every other Wednesday by summer. Oh my gosh. It went by so fast, I but know. also so slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't go anywhere. Alright, well, bye Kate! Bye Stella! Bye listeners! Bye listeners! Bye listeners!